It's on. Are we on? We on? Okay, great. Well, good morning, everyone. Um, thanks, Matt. Uh, yes, we're excited to be here, Sir and I. Um, it, I think it's we we're trying to think. I was talking to Matt when the last time it was. It was not long, right before we went out uh, to Senegal. So, Sir and I, we serve with Mission to the World uh, and RUF. That's Reformed University Fellowship. You've probably Maybe you've heard of those organizations, um, but they are the, the mission organizations connected to uh, the Presbyterian Church in America. Uh, and so we've been a part of these um, organizations. We are connected uh, to uh, also the National Presbyterian Church, and we'll talk a little bit more about that. Where do we serve? We are in uh, Senegal. Senegal is in West Africa. You can see there on the map, it's all the way over on the, the edge of the continent. Um, it's, uh, it's not a big country. Um, someone in another church, someone asked me how big Senegal is, and um, I never actually had looked at that. I, I know it's, uh, it takes a long time to drive across Senegal, but that's more because just the roads aren't, aren't great. Uh, so I looked it up one, at one point, and I found out Senegal's roughly the size of the state of Kansas. So. Um, I don't know if you've ever been to Kansas, but <laughs> um, so it's, it's uh, you know, not a big country, but um, it's a beautiful country. We live in Dakar, which is, uh, you can see on the left side there, uh, all the way on the edge of the, the country. Uh, Dakar is the capital of Senegal. It's also, it's also in some ways the capital, the economic capital of the whole region of West Africa. There's a lot of uh, activity there. A lot of, a lot of students come there to study, uh, a lot of commerce. And um, so we're right there in the middle of the city. That's where we serve. Mm -hmm. And we partner, as Colin said, with the Presbyterian Church of Senegal. And one very um, exciting way in which we're partnering with them is they actually assigned a newly ordained pastor to work with us. His name is Sebastian. This is him and his wife, Angel, and their little girl, Marianne, who turned two last month. Mm -hmm. um, so we usually meet with them once a week, every Wednesday, for about six hours. <laughs> and we have theological training with them. We pray together and have fellowship. Like you see, we also have a meal with them and plan activities for the ministry. So part of our job is actually to work ourselves out of a job <laughs> by training a local pastor who can then take over the RUF ministry. So this is basically what we're doing with Sebastian. And it's been very, very exciting for us to really connect with them. Uh, we would both say that they're like our closest friends in Senegal, which is uh, just a blessing to be able to, to get to know locals at a very deep level and spend a lot of time with them. So we are doing RUF campus ministry. Our goal is to reach students for Christ and equip them to serve. In other words, evangelism, and discipleship, which is the role of the church, gathering and perfecting of the saints. And we do this through three different avenues of ministry, what we call the avenues of ministry. Yeah, and the first avenue is what we call one-on-one -on -one ministry. It's kind of self-explanatory. It's just uh, meeting with a student. Uh, if they're a Christian, if they're already a believer in Jesus Christ, it's, it's a relationship of discipleship, so helping them grow in their faith, helping them uh, understand the scriptures, praying. You know, they have 
uh, requests, prayer requests, uh, we pray with them. Uh, if it's a non-believer, uh, it's an opportunity to share the gospel and to, to explain who Jesus is. We, we do live in a majority Muslim context. Senegal is about 95% Muslim, so there's a lot of opportunities to, to witness. Um, but it's, it's really, the one-on-one -on -one time is, <clears throat> it's really a great time to go deeper with students. Um, we found some, initially one of the cultural things we had to adjust to is uh, Senegalese are sometimes, they're very timid, very uh, kind of reticent Garbage. to share. What's that? Guarded. Yeah, kind of, yeah, kind of guarded, like in terms of what they might share in a group. Um, but what we found in the one-on-one -on -one ministry is that they they open up, and they really, you know, get to share. You know, hey, I'm struggling with this, or my brother's going through this, or my parents, or this. You know, something you might not hear in a in a bigger group. I mean, it's mm -hmm. it's similar in some ways to the states. Sometimes it's harder to share those things. But so the one-on-one -on -one time is really a great time for us to get to know these students and to, to go deeper with them. So the girl in the top picture, her name is Hadi. She's a new believer. She comes from a Muslim family, as many or most of our students do. Um, well, I won't go into all the details, but um, she did have a dream where Jesus told her to go to church. She went to church, um, and people in church, which is another lesson for us to learn, would tell her, like, hey, you're a Muslim. Why are, what are you doing here? Go back home. You're going to get in trouble. <laughs> uh, but she said, I know I'm going to get in trouble, but that's okay. I need to be here. So every time she went back home, her dad would beat her up. But she still went to church every Sunday, which is amazing. So I'm meeting with her one-on-one. -on -one, um, every week, every other week, depending on her schedule, and one day she told me, I want to know everything there is to know about the Bible. <laughs> I said, I don't know if I can teach you everything there is to know about the Bible, but let's start with, you know, it has the Old Testament, the New Testament, the big numbers are the chapters, the little numbers are the verses. And it's been just such an encouragement to see her hunger for knowing God better. And she... We plan to memorize the, the books of the Bible together, and I broke them you know, up in little sections so that it wouldn't be too hard. And then next time we met, she had memorized them all. <laughs> so in that picture, she's actually reciting them. So it's just very encouraging to see. Our students are in different um, parts of their walk with the Lord, but it's very, very encouraging to see how he's at work in all of their lives. So the second avenue, uh, sorry, uh, a little while ago mentioned uh, RUF is involved in three central avenues of ministry. The first was one-on-one -on -one ministry. The second is small group ministry. And small groups are, um, once again, it's kind of self-explanatory, but it's essentially a time where we study the Bible. Um, can be other things. RUF, RUF here in the States uh, does a lot of types of activities in small groups. It could be even be uh, you know, reading a book, uh, book reading club, or sports, playing basketball or soccer together, or like some of the other RUF global contexts, they do English clubs, something we're thinking about doing uh, with our students. We haven't started that yet, but we think that could be a great way of meeting non-Christian students. What we have done so far, though, is essentially just studying the scriptures together. So our small group time has been Bible study. Uh, we've studied some of the parables of Jesus, and then we started... Uh, going through the, the big story of scripture, creation, fall, redemption, 
a new creation. And so we, we wanted to, Sebastian and I, as we, as we sort of planned out the Bible study, we thought, you know, what, what do students really need to hear? What, what, what are, what's a pressing need for, for these students? And we both thought, you know, they need, I think even just like here, most Christians need a grasp of the big story of the whole Bible. You know, a lot of times we, we open up the Bible, the Psalms or Genesis or, you know, a gospel, um, and we, we have a, a good time of devotion and reading, but, but how, does, how do all those books fit together? What is the grand story of Scripture? Mm-hmm. And so we, we thought, you know, this would be a great way to start our small group ministry, give students a big story picture of the Bible. And so Sebastian and I uh, did that all last year. We, we would kind of tag team, so he would teach for a couple weeks, I would teach for a couple weeks, he'd teach for a couple weeks. And as Suri shared earlier, what we're doing is essentially... Uh, is, is trying to develop Sebastian as a leader, as to become the, the long-term RUF pastor in Senegal. Um, I'm seeing Landon here. It's what Landon's doing in Uganda. It's, it's helping, it's helping uh, pastors, Ugandan pastors, be uh, pastors because they're the ones who live there. They're the ones who are going to be long-term. Sebastian's the one who's going to be long-term in RUF ministry. So, that, so having him teach and you know, me uh, observe him, I mean, we're able to give him input, help him grow as a teacher, help him develop as a leader. So that is small group ministry. The third avenue of uh, RUF ministry is called large group. And it's, um, it's essentially where we try to gather the maximum number of students uh, that we've been in contact with, whether through one-on-one or small group ministry. We found our, our rhythm for this has been once a month. We would like to do it more often. Oftentimes, RUF will meet uh, in their large groups, sometimes even once a week, once every couple weeks. We found with the, the nature of living in Dakar, our students are all over the city. We'll talk a little bit about that later, but uh, just the difficulties of transportation, um, that, that meeting once a month is about the, the, the most that we can do right now. Um, but we've, we've had wonderful times of gathering all of our students together. What do we do during large group? Well, it's essentially we, uh, we start out with some games, kind of break the ice. A lot of the students, some students don't know each other, so we try to get them to interact. Uh, as I said earlier, um, Senegalese are, sometimes they're a little timid, they're a little shy, and these games really break the ice. They help them to warm up with each other. Uh, Suri is a, um, a treasure trove of, of games. She, she was really involved with RUF uh, for many years in Mexico City, and so she, she just has, um, I'm, I'm always amazed at the games she pulls out of the hat. Um, but it's, it's really, it's been a fun time with these students. Um, so we start out that way. We, uh, then we move into a time of teaching. Once again, Sebastian and I, we take turns. So I'll teach uh, one time, then Sebastian will come in. And uh, it's just a time where we preach uh, the word of God. Um, what else? We also have uh, food. If you want to attract college students, what do you do? <laughs> this is universal. This is whether here in Boston, Concord, or uh, in West Africa. If you want to gather college students, you offer food. And so we, uh, we here in this picture, we're actually in our apartment. Uh, a lot of our ministry has actually happened in our apartment up until now. Um, and we, we have someone, a good friend of ours who, who does some, helps some of our cooking actually at home. Uh, she comes in, she cooks a big Senegalese meal. Senegalese eat around the same uh, bowl, kind of a, 
a big bowl like this. This is how they eat. It's, it's very communal. Um, a lot of times they eat with their hands, sometimes with a spoon. But it's just, it's a great time to get to know each other. It's a great time of fellowship. And it really adds a lot to our large group times. Mm -hmm. It is also a way in which we serve them in a very practical way. Colin will speak about some of the challenges we have. But some students actually don't eat every day. So we try to have food in, a, in all of our activities so that we can give them some sustenance. We try to make it where it actually has some protein and some good stuff. So some of the challenges. Um, that we have experienced the, the, the four years that we've been in Senegal. Um, these definitely aren't all the challenges, but specifically related to the student ministry of RUF. Um, our students come from uh, a, kind of a set of circumstances that are challenging. In general, they're very poor. Uh, they have very little means. Um, they, they struggle uh, with, with transportation. They struggle with finding a place to live that's affordable. As Sherry just said, sometimes they even struggle with, with uh, finding food each day, sustenance. Uh, we've had one student that's come to our place many times needing a meal. Um, so these are some of the challenges it, that have, it's kind of a, a, a mix of challenges that have created a, a, sometimes a difficult circumstance in doing ministry. When we try to plan activities, not all of our students can come. Uh, and it's, it's essentially related to the fact that they're, they're spread out all over Dakar. Dakar is a huge city. It's uh, several million. It's, it's, uh, it kind of sprawls out on this peninsula. You can kind of look at it on Google Maps, but it's, it's, um, it's, it's, a, it's a sprawling city. Transportation is difficult. Traffic is horrible. Tra traffic is, is it's horrible. It's horrendous. <laughs> it's like, um, it is like, it's, it's just... Uh, Getting around, I mean, give, just to give you an idea, on Sunday morning, which it's easy to get around, I think even like here in the States, Sunday morning is one of the best times to drive. <laughs> uh, we can get to our church, I think in about 20 minutes. Mm -hmm. um, if you were to go on Monday morning or Friday afternoon, it could take two hours. It could take two and a half hours. So during the week, it's hard to get our students together sometimes because they're scattered around. The university, uh, we actually live right near the university, but the university maybe, maybe kind of similar to here, if you think of like, um, I don't know, Harvard or BU or MIT, uh, it's expensive. I, th I think it's expensive to live in Cambridge or Boston. It's real expensive right around these schools. Mm -hmm. It's very expensive right around the University of Dakar uh, where we minister. The students, they can't live there. They just, they can't live in that area. They, sometimes they live on campus in dorms, but the dorm rooms, uh, it's, a, it's a very, it's a crazy situation. Uh, here in the States, how many, how many students would be in a dorm? Two, two, typically two. There it's six, okay? That's a good situation if you have six. Uh, sorry, how many times, some of our students, how many times, how many, how many students will they say are in a they've dorm? Told, they've told us that from 15 to 30 students in one dorm room. They sleep on the floor, two people, three people per mattress. They're like, if, if I want to go to the bathroom at night, I can't because I would step on people. Yeah. Uh, and sometimes if they, if they don't fit in the dorm room that day, they just pull out their mattress and sleep on the hall. Yeah. So, yeah, it's not the best situation. 
also for our students as Christians, that poses even more problems. We had a student telling us that um, when they found out she was a Christian, they would take her clothes out of her suitcase, because I mean, they don't have drawers or places to put, and just like spread them all over and people would be stepping on her clothes when she got back to the dorm room. Or if she wanted to read the Bible at night, they would turn off the light. So it's just, um, it's a hard situation. Even for the lucky ones who make it in a dorm room, it's not easy mm -hmm. for them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so, so these are just some of the challenges uh, that they uh, go through every day. I mean, not necessarily challenges we experience, but the challenges they endure uh, affect the ministry. So um, if you think about praying for the ministry, just pray that we could gather students, pray that they would have the resources to come, the time. Another issue is uh, the schedules. So a lot of times uh, here, like say, for example, here in the States, all the students in one college, university, they'll all pretty much be on the same schedule. Their vacation time will be the same time. They might, their exam schedule might be the same. Start school at the they same time. They start school at the same time, they end at the same time. At the university in Dakar, the main university we work at, they, it's, their schedules are all over the place. They'll start at different times, they'll end at different times. The science students will be on vacation you know, this week. The English students or French students will be uh, on vacation another week. And so you can imagine trying to do ministry in that context. It's just, um, it's tough. And so um, these are some of the challenges, uh, but some challenges sometimes uh, lead to opportunities. These are opportunities we hope uh, will happen. One of them is a student housing project. As we just said, uh, ch uh, housing is a huge challenge for these students. We, had, we have the idea of having a um, sort of student house for the guys, an apartment, and one for the girls. And so we thought that if we could get, obviously we can't get all of our students involved in our ministry in each one of these, but if we could get a certain number of students in an apartment that's, uh, you know, comfortable, that's, you know, reasonably healthy, you know, they're not sleeping on, uh, you know, three on a mattress or two on a mattress, they, you know, have a good place to study that's quiet. Um, this is something we hope we could provide. We're, we're praying about it. We're in conversation with the, the national church that we work with to see if this could be a possibility. Um, so if you think of something to pray about, that could be something uh, that we're hoping to do. Uh, another opportunity is as the ministry grows, and we are seeing it grow, uh, we, we see um, a need for particularly uh, a woman who could minister to some of the Senegalese women. And so we, uh, we have identified a student who's about to graduate. She's actually in, she's in a master's degree right now. Uh, she's actually on the right there, all the way um, kind of in the, in the green, green aqua. aqua dress. Her name is Sainabu, and Sainabu is a wonderful girl. She's a, a bright student. Uh, she has a, a very vibrant, solid relationship with, with the Lord. Um, she, she's, she has a unique personality that we've, we think is, in, in some ways it's, a lot of diff it's different than a lot of the other students we've met. She's very... Um, She's outgoing, and we feel like she could be a great intern, you know, someone who could come alongside of us and help us out. We would actually uh, give her a small stipend so she could live in the city and, and minister to students. And so uh, pray, if you think about it, pray for Sainabu, mm -hmm. uh, Sainabu, uh, that she might become an intern with us and, and help us in ministry.
and in the girl's apartment, if if we're able to rent that, uh, she would live there and she would be kind of the house mom, so to speak, with the girls. So we think it would combine really well the internship with the student housing project. Well, we had our first RUF retreat this year, and we were so excited to be able to have a lot of our students uh, together for a whole weekend, which as Colin mentioned, sometimes it's hard to get them all together. Um, so we had great times of worship, as you can see in the picture. Um, we usually worship African style, which is a call and response. So you see those two girls over there, they sing something and then everyone replies, and then they sing something else and they reply. Um, we also had really good times of teaching. Again, Colin and Sebastian uh, tag teamed. We studied um, the doctrine of scripture. That was our, our main topic, and we studied the authority and the inspiration of scriptures. And after the teaching time, we would split up in small groups and just have more discussion questions. That's where students started opening up more, really um, asking questions. Some of them told us we had never heard this. So, I mean, in a way it's like, oh, wow, you had never heard this. But in another way, it's, we were very glad to have had time to really focus on teaching them about scriptures. Um, we also had, believe it or not, students, college students in Senegal love doing crafts. Um, so we actually did a bookcase with the Old Testament and the New Testament, and they had to cut up the, the books of the Bible and put them in order. Um, you have no idea how excited they were about this. I mean, you see even Sebastian, who we were not expecting him to do a craft. He got into it and like all the students were like so much that we had to actually uh, cancel an activity. I think it was games because they wanted to finish their crafts. So that was actually <laughs> really cool to see. We of course did have games. Um, we found out that um, a lot of our students and in general Senegalese people, they, they don't get to, to experience childhood the way we do. Very early on, they have to work. They have to either work on the fields, bring water home, clean the houses for the girls. And so for them, like playing games, at first is like a very foreign concept, you know. But once they start getting into it, they're actually quite competitive, competitive. and like they, <laughs> they love it. So we have found that even though, I mean, games doesn't necessarily seem as a ministry activity, they are they're a good way to serve them, to help them just enjoy God's gifts, but also to develop community. So there you have Sebastian again. He was in the game. Uh, so that's shaving cream. So this game was just like every team had a, a leader with a shaving cream and with water guns. They had the first team to wash out the, the <laughs> beer one, <laughs> which they were really excited. And then for the bottom picture, um, I told them. On the okay, right, the picture on the right. Yeah, yeah, sorry, bottom picture on the right. I told them, okay, just divide up in teams. I'm going to give each of you a t-shirt and the first person to put it on wins. Okay, but when I gave them the t-shirt, 
it was frozen. <laughs> so they had to figure out how to thaw the t-shirt before putting it on someone. <laughs> so yeah, it, you would have loved to see their faces when they realized, I mean, even in that hot climate, they, they, they didn't know what to, what is this frozen <laughs> thing? It was great. <laughs> we had lots of time also just for community, eating together, discussions. Um, a lot of these discussions happened in other languages that we don't understand. <laughs> but we, we saw them like really engage with each other. And it was just a great blessing to spend time with them. They, they loved it. We heard a student say at the end of the retreat, I wish this would never end. I wish like, we could just stay here forever. <laughs> so that was a great blessing. So another initiative that we're involved with is actually starting a new RUF in the country of the Gambia. Does anyone know where the Gambia is? <laughs> yes, yes, very good, very good, Matt. Yeah, so, so the Gambia is actually, uh, the Gambia is um, the smallest country in Africa in terms of like square mile uh, on the continent, not excluding island nations, but um, it's the smallest country in Africa and surrounded by Senegal, so you can see there. Uh, it's just this tiny little country. It's kind of sandwiched in there uh, in the middle of Senegal. Uh, the Gambia, uh, believe it or not, has a thriving, a wonderful Presbyterian church that MTW has been involved with for se several years. One of the pastors um, in that Presbyterian church is really excited about starting an RUF. He, he loves students, and he's, he's just been, uh, he's been asking, um, he's been kind of, I've known, his, his name is Idris, I've known him for several years, uh, in the past few years, he said, you know, Colin, I really want to, I want to reach students. I want to reach uh, students and, and do what you're doing in Senegal. And so <clears throat> we just said, hey, Adrisa, let's come down and we can train you. We can help uh, explain to you the philosophy of ministry of RUF. What is RUF? How does it work? Uh, how could you start uh, an RUF here in the Gambia? So uh, Suri and I have had the opportunity a few times in the past, I think, mm -hmm. year and a half or so to go down to the Gambia. And uh, uh, one of our, um, actually our sort of RUF directors, name's Chad Brewer, he's a director of RUF Global, he came over to visit us. He went down with us to the Gambia. And so this is a, a new initiative that we're really excited about. Another request of prayers just to, to pray that God would, would see this through. Um, here's, we had an opportunity to visit one of the main universities there. It's a, a polytechnic where a lot of the engineers study. And Idris is there on the right in the blue shirt. He's, he's talking to these students. What's, what's interesting about the school is that um, Idris uh, is, is actually a bivocational pastor. He's, he's been a high school teacher and a Presbyterian minister uh, up until now. A lot of the students at the school were his previous students in high school. And so mm -hmm. Idris just has this natural connection to this university because a lot of these students, uh, he already knows them. And so he, uh, I think a few of these students here, he, he was uh, getting to see them again. So we're really excited about the possibility of seeing RUF launch in the Gambia. We're hoping this year to launch um, and uh, something to pray about. Yeah, we also uh, just noticed in Adrisa, he has like natural ministry instincts, if you can say that. Uh, he really has the right personality to do this and also, um, like when we met with him, we would tell him, okay, the next steps would be for you to do this and then this. And 
and he was like, yeah, I've done that, I've done that, I've done that, so what's next? <laughs> so <laughs> he instinctually knew what he should do to get the ministry started. So we're very, very excited, mm -hmm. and we think that it will work even though there's no one on site with him, but he has a good, uh, yeah, just a, a good instinct about how to do this ministry. Well, this girl, her name is Senabu. A different uh, Senabu. A different Senabu. <laughs> <laughs> She's a Muslim. She has uh, come to some of our activities. She was, uh, I, we invited her to a Bible study and she felt that as a Muslim, it wouldn't be right for her to go to a Bible study. Um, she didn't explain why, but I said, well, what if we meet one-on-one -on -one and we read the Bible together? Oh yeah, that's fine. <laughs> So basically, we are doing <laughs> a Bible study one-on-one, -on -one, but in her mind, that's okay. So we started meeting every week. We were going through the parables of Jesus, and when we got to the parable of the wise man and the foolish man, you know, when they build their houses, one on the rock, one on the sand, she said, I want to build my life on Jesus, who is the rock. How do I do that? which, of course, as you know, it's very exciting when someone says that. So I explained to her, and she paused, and she said, oh, but does this mean that I'll become a Christian and I will no longer be a Muslim? Yeah, that's exactly what that means. Okay, I need to think about this. And yeah, of course, I mean, you don't want to push anyone. So I said, okay, let's just keep reading and talking about it. Well, she disappeared. She would not answer my phone calls. She stopped coming, of course. And so for five months, I didn't hear from her. And then she showed up for a retreat. <laughs> and she showed up with her sister. She brought her sister, who is actually the girl who was saying, I wish this would never stop. When she uh, introduced herself to the group, she said, my name is Senabu, and I'm a Muslim with a heart for Jesus. So. We see God at work. We also know how hard it is for a Muslim person to become a believer and all that that entails um, from the family side. I really do think that she's ready and that she's putting her faith in Jesus, but she's afraid of the consequences that that will bring. And I shared about Hadi and her dad would beat her up every time she went to church. So pray for her, pray for students like her who are ready to receive the gospel, who are ready to have a personal relationship with Christ, and yet it's hard. It's, it's hard to become a Christian when you come from a Muslim background. So pray for her. So just as we uh, finish up, some, some things that, and we've already mentioned some uh, prayer requests uh, like St. Abu. Uh, but um, one of the big things uh, that's affected our ministry, and this, we probably could have put this in challenges, um, but Senegal, like uh, much of West Africa, you might be aware of this, uh, but many countries in West Africa have been going through a lot of instability. There's been um, many coup d'etats that have happened, uh, Niger, Burkina Faso, uh, and Mali. Um, these are all countries surrounding right in the same area as Senegal, and um, Senegal has experienced its own, its own measure of uh, instability. Um, just we won't go into all, it's kind of a detailed situation, but uh, they will have a, an election, a presidential election there next year, uh, like here in the U.S. 
And um, this has been a source of, of unrest. Uh, one of the main candidates uh, has been put in prison. Uh, he's actually the candidate who's you know, largely supported by a lot of the students, young people. And so when he was tried, when he was actually arrested and eventually put in prison, the students just, just blew up. I mean, they just revolted, rioted. Uh, rioted. Um, the, the university, uh, they, 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 they were burning buildings, they burned buses, they started, uh, police came out, they were throwing rocks at the police, police were, you know, launching tear gas back at them. Um, it was just, it was mayhem. <laughs> and to the point where they, they, the government had to shut down the university right before we came back here. Mm -hmm. So we came back here in the middle of June. And uh, I think it was like two, three weeks before we left, they just shut it down. They said, mm -hmm. so all the students went back uh, to their villages or went back to their homes, wherever they're from. Um, anyways, just pray, pray that, uh, pray for peace as, as you know, as, as we know from scripture. Uh, pray, pray for peace in the land that the gospel might go forth, that the gospel might go forth. So just pray that there would be peace and stability so that we could continue ministry to students. Pray also for our, our wonderful partners whom, whom we love. As Suri said, they are our good friends and maybe our best friends. Uh, we, we're also very good friends with our team. We love our team too. But as national partners, we love Sebastian Angel. Pray for them as they continue in ministry while we're here in the States uh, visiting churches um, like Redeemer, like you. Uh, as we share with you, uh, they, they continue to minister. So pray for them. Uh, they, they need support, they need encouragement, um, they, they, sometimes they feel alone, uh, but uh, we, we're looking forward to being back with them soon. We actually are planning to return to Senegal at the end of this month, Lord willing. Um, pray for, this is a personal request, some of you might know that uh, we, uh, Suri and I have, um, personally we've wanted to start a family for a long time, ever since we actually have been married um, in God's providence. Uh, he has not opened that door yet, but we've been trying to adopt for, for several years now. Um, if you'd be willing to pray for us that just God would open that door. Uh, when we go back, we hope to enter back into that process and, and just to see if the, if the Lord might open a door to, to, to adopt. So we'd love, we'd love that opportunity. Uh, pray finally for provision for our national partners, for Sebastian. Um, Sebastian, all, all of our partners are actually supported. They're, they're sustained by uh, support from uh, PCA churches in the U.S. They also are bivocational. So past, uh, Pastor Sebastian does have another job as the other uh, pastors in the Presbyterian Church of Senegal. They, they also, um, you know, Sebastian does work with uh, computers. He's, he's trying to become like a web developer. Uh, one guy's involved in agriculture. Uh, so you know, it's, it's, that's the reality of being a pastor in Africa. It's, uh, these, these pastors really don't have much. Uh, pray for their support, their sustenance. Uh, pray for Adrisa. I mentioned Adrisa in the Gambia. Mm -hmm. uh, he needs support as well as he begins his ministry. Adrisa is actually hoping to transition from being bivocational, from being a high school teacher and a pastor, to being a full-time pastor and RUF minister. Uh, but to do that, he needs, he needs support. So pray for Adresa. And finally, pray for the, the, the opportunities that we shared about earlier, uh, the housing project for students, and for the, the female intern for Sainabu, who we hope will become a, an intern with us. 
Um, so those are just some things that um, if you feel led to pray for us. And we would just like to say thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much for your prayers, for your support. Um, it's really a privilege for us to be here and to see you face to face. And we really want to convey how thankful, how thankful we are for you. We really couldn't be there doing what we're doing without you. So we would like to close uh, using the four main languages, not the only ones, but the four main languages of Senegal to say thank you. Jerejef. Jokanjal. Ajarama. Merci. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> if we, there, uh-huh. yeah, well, if there's uh, any questions or if you have any comments, questions from what you've heard, yes. Um, yes. Yes. yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's the first one in Africa. It's actually, yeah. So that's our claim to fame. <laughs> it's the first one in Africa. So, so the first one uh, is in Senegal, where we, we got there in 2019. Um, there's actually one starting uh, currently in Uganda. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're landing ministers. Um, so Uganda, it's, it's going really well. I just met on Zoom, um, the RUF guy in Uganda. Uh, of course, in the Gambia. So our, actually, interesting fact, um, we're part of RUF Global. So RUF operates here in the U.S. You know, it's at MIT, Harvard, it's all over the U.S. But it's in the past 10, 15, well, the first RUF Global was in Mexico City where Surrey served. But RUF Global is, is growing. And actually, the largest um, cry <laughs> or the, the call for to start new RUFs is actually coming from Africa. Yeah. So all over Africa, uh, we're, um, Chad Brewer, who's the RUF Global Director, is just overwhelmed by the, the petitions and the desire to start RUFs in Africa. So pray for that, as, mm-hmm. as uh, I think actually Matt was saying, potentially in Zimbabwe. Yeah, Zimbabwe. Zimbabwe. Yes, yeah. yeah. Uh, you had a question. Uh-huh. Ah, okay. <laughs> okay. The sessions were just we divide them up in teams, and so we had the red team, yellow team, whatever, and they had to wear it the whole time to gain points for their team. So it's not, yeah, it's just games. Mm-hmm. I mean, certainly the issues are different. Like, um, well, this whole thing with LBGTQ and then um, transitioning, all of that. Like over there, they ask us, like, what is? Why would people do that? What? I mean, that's totally like for them. So issues like that, yes, uh, we haven't found any anorexia. Women actually want to get fatter because that's that's nicer, <laughs> which is weird for us. <laughs> Um, so things like that are very different. I do think there's also sexual immorality. It's just mm-hmm. very hush-hush. You don't talk about it. But we have heard uh, mm-hmm. of situations even with our students. Uh, but it's harder to talk about it because nobody talks about those things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Yes. 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 Yeah. Great. Great question. Um, so we do most. We do actually all of our ministry in French. Senegal is a French-speaking country. The national trade language is Wolof. Um, when Suri and I got there, we took a class in Wolof, and we started. Um, it's. We started learning Wolof. We've tried to interact with our neighbors, with um, folks on the street, with Wolof. We, we are not, in all honesty, we are not good Wolof speakers. <laughs> it's um, hard. It's a tough language. Um, it's, it's one of these languages like, um, I don't know, maybe some of, you, some of you might know French or Spanish or Portuguese. Um, those languages, they call them romance languages, you know, they're kind of like, there's a lot of cognates, there's a lot of close, in some ways there's, there's some similarities with English. Wolof is like, it's just, it's totally different language family. And, and it's the uh, way you build sentences. The way you make sentences, the syntax, everything. So, so uh, in all honesty, we are we are learning Wolof. We are struggling with it. Uh, when we go back, uh, I would like. Actually, we mentioned Sainabu, who might become our intern. Um, I would love for Sainabu uh, to be like kind of like a tutor for us. Um, I think that might be one way we might actually, uh, you know, keep her busy uh, with ministry, just just helping us learn Wolof better. So. But that's a great question. Yeah. Uh, Part of the problem, too, is a lot of the students we minister to, almost all of them, mm -hmm. speak a different language. They speak Serer. So when we try to speak Wolof with them, even though they know Wolof, it's kind of a pride thing, like, no, no, you should learn Serer. And they go, yeah. So we actually <laughs> made attempts to learn some Serer as well. Yeah. But it, we're old. It's tough. We yeah, it's, <laughs> I don't think we can learn a bunch of languages. <laughs> Wow, great question. Um, um, let's see. I think the long-term uh, long vision, um, great question. <laughs> no, the long-term vision is to, we would love to see, Sir and I would both love to see uh, RUF grow in Africa. Mm -hmm. We'd love to see RUF grow in the French-speaking world. Um, we, we actually have... Uh, we both lived in France before we moved to Senegal. We've actually thought maybe someday we might try to start an RUF in France. The RUF has tried to start RUF in France before. It's, it's never gotten off the ground, but there's tremendous potential there because there's a, a good reformed church there that mm -hmm. MTW works with. Uh, as I said earlier, there's a lot of RUF interest in Africa, all over Africa. Um, so I think part, maybe part of the long-term vision would be just hey, how can we be involved in helping guys like Sebastian, guys like Idrissa, uh, Ezra in Uganda, um, other folks, uh, how, yeah, even you know, Tim Galaj in South Africa, he's thinking about Zimbabwe. How can we be kind of like a catalyst to help RUF start in other places? So I think that's, that's a longer-term vision. I mean, I, I, I'm not like, my gifting isn't so much administrative, so I'm not, I, I like to be kind of on the ground ministering uh, with students. I would love to always have some connection with students or direct with a, an RUF minister. 
so if, if we can continue to do that um, someday after Senegal, that, that would be awesome. But uh, we, 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 we do see our work, um, as far as we know, I mean, you know, things, uh, mission work in Africa is, it's, it's kind of like you're on shifting ground all the time. Thanks, Missionaries, it, it takes time, and it's just uh, the context is very, um, Precarious. It's very precarious. It's very volatile. Missionaries are having to leave uh, for different reasons. Uh, a lot of times, yeah, a lot of times it is political instability. Um, <clears throat> so we hope we hope to stay in Senegal. We do hope to go back this fall, later this fall, um, and be there for you know hopefully another term, several years. But beyond that, um, we're open. I don't know if mm-hmm. you have a. Does no, that, does that summarize kind of what? Um, yeah. I think we see ourselves starting a different RUF somewhere else, as well as helping out uh, new ones. New ones. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, we, Sir and I, don't um, personally. Um, we, our team is connected to um, bringing churches. They've, our team has been involved with bringing uh, doctors over and dentists to do uh, clinics, some, some like clinics. One-week clinics. We, right before we came back, uh, there was a team of doctors, I think from Alabama, that came over and they worked with in, in a village and they did uh, basic health care um, as, a, as a way of there's, there's a church planning work going on in this, in this area. It's outside of Dakar. And so the, our team thought this, this could be a great way of connecting with the community, uh, coming in, doing some health care, basic health care um, for free uh, as a way of building relationships uh, to hopefully plant some seeds for a church plant. But Suri and I don't specifically. I, I, have, I have no... Um, Medical training. <laughs> yeah. I would be dangerous if I was working on someone. I think there was a question in the back. Um, wow. Let's see. Well, um, thank you. Good question. We, um, I think Suri and I, for the most part, feel safe. Mm-hmm. I think we, we don't sense that we are under a, a, an immediate threat from our neighbors or our city. I mean, you know, we have, um, we live 
you know, stones throw away from the university, and this, the university has been kind of ground zero for a lot of rioting and unrest. You know, we've had, you know, we've seen students, you know, walking down the street, burning tires, you know, tear gas has floated into our apartment. Um, but we've never actually personally felt um, uh, any, any kind of threat. I mean, you know, Senegal, um, I think for the moment right now is in kind of a sort of an island of, of security. Uh, they, 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 I think I saw somewhere on some news site, they're, they're calling West Africa the coup belt. Um, so it's just kind of like a domino effect. Like I think it was Mali, then Guinea, then Burkina Faso, the past couple months, Niger. All these countries started uh, overthrowing their governments. And um, so there's some, you know, is there people in Senegal are like, is this going to happen here? You know, it's never happened in Senegal's history. Ever since their independence, they've never had, they've always had a democratic turnover of their government, peaceful. So they're, they're hoping for that. Um, in terms of terrorism, uh, I know, I, know uh, I have a really good friend who was a uh, missionary in India for many years, an MTW missionary. Uh, they had to actually leave. They were kicked out. Um, but I know India um, has a policy of, of they're, they're, you know, they're tightening the screws on, on mission activity there. Uh, that hasn't happened yet in Senegal. Um, that hasn't happened yet in Senegal. And there hasn't been any sort of overt terrorism against Christians in Senegal, like, like, like say, in Nigeria um, or yeah, some other places. Yeah, I think places, one blessing that we have, that we shared in the past, even when we were presenting our ministry, is that even though it's a Muslim country, it's a Muslim country, uh, Muslim majority, but it's not, uh, the government is not Islamic. So um, we actually were able to enter Senegal declaring that we're missionaries and they're okay with that. You can meet at a church and worship without any issues. So in, legally, we're not persecuted as Christians. Uh, Colin was a missionary in Morocco in the past and he had to have like a cover job, you know, like do a business and something else. That's not the case in Senegal, which is a blessing. That does not mean there are not other types of persecution. I've already shared some from families or from the community, uh, but it's not something overt. Mm -hmm. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you very much. Thank you. Well, I don't think it's, I think yeah. it's, yeah. Yes.